welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly hoping you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Again, my name is Eddie D and I'm certainly glad to be among you guys on this morning. We got a jam-packed show for you on today on this good Halloween day, um, October the 31st. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Speaker of the House and who we are now, who now is in control of the House um, on this morning and my thoughts on um, who they have decided um, is going to be, you know, in charge of our um, House uh, part of government on today. Uh, we're also going to be talking about what happens when we post our feelings online and the impact that it has on not just ourselves, but on the people that we are posting to and posting with. Uh, we're going to be asking and answering the question, is smoking a sin on this morning? And we're also going to be talking about uh, a, a cancer trial that has proved very successful um, and is going to be continuing to move forward in their trials as they attempt to eradicate um, eradicate cervical cancer. And so got a jam-packed show for you again on today, but we are going to be starting our day off talking about the book Gods at War. Um and discussing the next chapter of that book that is entitled The Battlefield of the Gods. And so, again, we're hoping that, you know, we're able to give you guys something to be able to chew on and gnaw on on today um, as the believers in God and hope that we're able to give you something that just edifies your day on this morning. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right into our um, into our series, Gods at War. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're asking, Lord God, that this show just be lifted up to you. Lord God, every person that's coming through this um live on today, we ask Lord God that they uh that they have an open heart to hear what you have to say. Lord God, let it be none of me, none of us, but all of you. Lord God, may you just saturate us with your love, with your grace, with your uh patience, with your kindness, with your instruction on today, Lord God. We're asking and praying in your holy name that you just continue to be a rock in our lives, Lord God, that we continue just to anchor ourselves in you and that we grow stronger in you every single day. Lord God, we're thankful for your love, for your guidance, for your understanding. Uh, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your, your patience with us, Lord God. And we're so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, that made all this possible by dying on the cross and rising again, crediting his righteousness to us. For he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be called the righteousness of God. And so we're grateful on today and ask that the Holy Spirit just lead and guide in everything that we do on this day, that you may get the glory, you may get the honor, and you may get the praise. It's in Jesus. Jesus name we pray amen all right so again we're um again we're looking at the book um gods at war um not not a fan even though that's a good one too and i do recommend that to everyone but we're looking at gods at war um gods at war the book is um basically as this little tagline defeating the idols that battle for your heart and so we're gonna so we're, again we're digging into this book today um, and we are looking at, you know, how we have a ten, how, how our heart's tendency is to be pulled in an opposite direction of where God would have us to be and what God would have us to do and understanding where that's coming from so that we can have a better understanding of how to fight for the battle for the, for the, um, for the, for the throne of our hearts to ensure that God stays on the throne despite the onslaught of the um 
of the of the attacks from the enemy. Um, and so again, we're looking at the book um, Gods at War in hopes that it will help to edify our souls on this morning. Um, as a as a backdrop, we're going to be looking at Psalm one thirty nine. Um, <clears throat> trying to see what's going on here. The little internet's adding a little funky this morning. What's going on there? We can get a little bit better access today. There we go. Um, so again, we're going to be looking at Psalm 139 on this morning. Um, Psalm 39, verse number 23. Psalm 139, verse number 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Again, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. In the book, Kyle Eidemann, um, in, in chapter number two, talks about the fact that the heart, the heart of a person, the soul of a person, is the battleground from which we are, from which the idols are battling every single day. They want the throne of our hearts. They want to have control of our hearts. The way that he described it is if you look at a search engine and look at a browser history, um, now more so than in any part of our generation of the internet age, a person can be known fairly well by what they search for online. You know, whatever it is that they're looking for online, chances are you're not able to figure out, you know, where what this person's heart's really looking at, looking for. But also, you know, you can find out their name, you can find out their age, you can find out where they live, all sorts of things, just by looking at their search history. And what God is saying to us, as it says in the book, is that our the our hearts are like a search engine. Whatever it is that our heart is seeking after, whatever it is that we're trying to have, whatever it is that we're looking for, it tells on who we are as a person and what it is that truly motivates and drives us. He um Kyle Ottoman says in the book, what you are searching for and chasing after reveals the God that is winning the war for your heart. Think of your heart as the battleground of the gods. Your heart is Bunker Hill, where the gods gather and wage war. Whatever God wins the day claims the throne of your heart. Since I can't check your search history, I want you to examine your heart to find out where your allegiance lies and where your glory goes. Quote, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4 and 23. Your heart defines and determines who you are, how you think, and what you do. Because everything flows from it. Your, because everything flows from it, your heart is the front line for the gods at war. God is saying to us through this, um, through this passage that... Um, that our hearts, whatever it is that we're searching for, whatever it is that we're looking for, whatever it is that we're actively in pursuit of, 
it has the potential to cause us to move in a certain direction. That whatever it is that we're seeking after, that is where our heart's pull is going to be. And because that's where our pull, our heart's pull is going to be, it's going to cause us to go searching for that thing. Whatever it is that our heart seeks after, whatever it is our heart longs for, that is the thing that is going to govern where we are going, what we are doing, and how we act and how we act in the world that we live in. It says, what do we mean when we speak of the heart? In science, we know that it's blood pumping organ. It's the blood pumping organ that makes the body run. It doesn't think, it doesn't feel. But in Hebrew culture, the heart was seen differently. It was a metaphor for the center or core of a personality. It was the spiritual hub and your life flowed from its orientation. The ancients knew that you could lightly touch the wrist and feel a soft beating, what we call a pulse. That same pulse could be felt in the neck and elsewhere, but place the hand over the heart which is the center of the person and that beating was more powerful. It stood to reason that everything flowed from the heart to the Hebrew, not only blood, but personality, motives, emotions, and will. And so what God is saying to us is that from our heart, from our soul, from the, from the soul of a man flows everything. And we have a default position that we fall in that these certain things in our lives can move us, can drive us, can push us in certain directions, unlike other things can. And so what God says to us in the scriptures, what he says to us in the scriptures, as it stands in, um, in Proverbs 27, 19, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So whatever it is that you that your life your life's posture is, whatever it is that you find yourself seeking after the most, it says which God or gods really truly govern your heart. Whatever it is that you are in active pursuit of, as if that thing is the thing that will satisfy your heart, satisfy your mind, satisfy your soul, God is saying that is the thing that is winning the war of your heart. Because whatever it is that you're truly seeking after is an indication of what it is that you're truly worshiping. We want to believe as the believers in God that we're truly worshiping God. No doubt about it. We want to believe that we're worshiping the true and living God. But as often is the case that sometimes God can be supplanted by another thing by another idea, by another entity. And as a result, sometimes we as the believers of God can have a tendency to be pulled away from the very thing that we say that we believe in when, when in reality we actually don't. And so what God is trying to say to us through this today is that as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Uh, whatever it is that's in our heart, it reveals, as it says, the truth of our identity. And that's why the gods fight so fiercely for every inch of it. Because Satan knows our the, 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 the spirits the, 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 the spirits know that if we can be unfocused on God, if our focus can be off of God and on other things, then they have won the battleground of our hearts. Many times we can go to church, we can say the prayers. 
We can say the words. We can, you know, we can say the scriptures. We can say all these different things. But often is the case that when we do that, our tendency and our draw and our pull can be such to where we are deny we are denying who God is. And in denying who God is, we can have a tendency to push him away from the very thing that we that we say that we love. We can worship and honor God with our lips, but our hearts can be so far away from God. We can again honor God with our lips, but our hearts can be so far away from God. So we as the people of God have to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we're not putting ourselves in a position where we are not honoring or not worshiping the true and living God by virtue of the fact that we are, um, that we are, um, that by virtue of the fact that we are not, you know, worshiping the true and living God by virtue of, um, following something else seeking after something else, desiring something else. And so on today, what again, what we want to be looking at is the fact that for a lot of us, our tendency is to not look at and to not think about what our heart's posture truly is. We don't take the time to think about what it is that we're truly worshiping, what it is that we're truly honoring, what it is that we're truly seeking after. And so we have to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we are watching and guarding our hearts. We cannot just think about the things that we do, but we have to think about why we do what we do. It's not enough just to look at the what. We also got to look at the why. We have to look at the how. We got to look at why it is that I am bent in this direction. He says in the book um, that we over that overlooking the heart and focusing just on what's downstream could be described as behavioral modification. Behavior modification, popularized in the mid 20th century psychology, is the idea of trying to bring about change by targeting observable and measurable actions. It's symptom-based care, quick-fix methodology. Here are some examples of how we do trash removal. If you have a gambling problem, then stay away from the casino and make it harder to access your accounts. If you have an anger problem, then take a deep breath and count to 10. If your marriage is in trouble, then schedule some date nights and buy your spouse a gift. If you're drowning in debt, then cut up your credit cards. If your weight has spiraled out of control, then join a gym and get on a diet. This is not a condemnation on dieting of dieting or nice gifts or cutting up credit cards. All these things can be positive actions, just as cleaning up the downstream trash is something that must be done. It's simply that the heart of the issue is an issue of the heart. He describes it like this, going back and going backward into the chapter. Um You can't just leave the scene as you found it because it would bother your conscience. So you stoop down and begin gathering trash in a lake that he said that, they, that he was cleaning up trash in. It actually takes several hours before you can begin to see a difference. It's amazing how much junk is there. You sit back, rest for a moment, and realize you'll have to keep returning each day until the site is truly clean. Well, that's okay. It's a project you'll be proud of. Except that when you come back the next day, it's as if your work has been undone. In fact, there's more trash than before. Somehow the garbage bred overnight. 
You think about the unlikelihood of somehow coming to this very spot to dump their garbage in the few hours while you were away, and you realize that something smells fishy, so to speak, so you begin to follow the creek upstream. Sure enough, you come to a garbage dump that has been there for years. It's emptying into the passing creek. Your cleaning job only opened up a gap for more stuff to, to settle. You could go and clean every day, but it would be just like pushing a boulder up the hill and watching it roll back down again, which is surprisingly fun. But really, what's the point? And what he's saying is that is how our hearts can sometimes be. That we can clean up the actions on the outside, but our hearts can still be so far removed from God that any cleaning up that we do on the outside is only going to have to be cleaned up over and over and over and over again because we haven't solved the problem of the heart. Instead, what we did is we only, we only cleaned up the outside. And a lot of us, we approach God that way where I want to clean up the mess on the outside, but we don't deal with the heart issue on the inside. And as a result, our proclivities, our desires, our wants, they are still at war and still reigning on the throne of our hearts. So no matter how much good God stuff we do, our hearts are still really, really damaged. And as a result, we're still worshiping the very things that we say that we're denouncing because we haven't done a good enough introspection of the heart and allow God to really get into this place and remove the idols from our hearts. As again, we say, we ask God to search our hearts and to see if there's anything in there that's not like him. See if there's anything that's grievous of him so that we can be led in the path of uh, the in the path everlasting. And so what he says is that we have to take some time to actually look upstream and see where where is this stuff coming from? Where is my desire to gamble coming from? Where is my desire to cheat coming from? Where is my desire to steal coming from? Where is my desire to gossip coming from? Where is my desire to lie coming from? Where is my desire to, you know, have a whole bunch of likes and to have a whole bunch of people look at me and say, oh my goodness, you look so good, you look so bomb. You look so awesome. Where is my desire to have people to look at me and to say how great they think I am and how awesome they think I am? Where is all of that coming from? Because again, you know, it's easy to cut stuff off, but if we're not looking at the issue of the heart, if we're not looking at what's really going on inside of our heart spaces, then all we're doing is masking what's really going on. Matt Chandler in the book, Recovering Redemption, describes it as mowing over weeds. You know, if we don't pull the weeds out of our hearts, all the weeds are going to do is grow. They're going to multiply and they're going to get and they're going to grow thicker and, and taller than ever before. And we can keep mowing over it all day long, but it's not going to it's not going to produce the type of transformation that we're truly seeking after of transformation where we are serving and worshiping the true and living God and, um, and, and denouncing the gods that are warring for our hearts. And so he says further in the book, um, yeah, he says further in the book that um, what is interesting is that frequently a heart problem goes undetected and undiagnosed for years. No arteriogram is done to test a heart. Why? Because the symptoms don't seem relevant. A patient may face insomnia, back pain, a loss of appetite, anxiety, vision problems, and other challenges, but the patient seeks help to treat symptoms. 
They think that having a sleep issue or back pain issue or vision issue is the problem when in truth, it's a heart issue. It's cardiovascular and until that is addressed, the patient isn't going to get any better. And so just like you can you can treat all the symptoms of the body, if you don't get to the source, you're just, again, treating symptoms. You're not really looking at the real issue. If all we do is say, well, I'm just going to stop gambling or I'm just going to stop, you know, I'm going to stop cheating or if I'm going to stop lying or I'm going to stop gossiping or I'm going to stop posting pictures on Instagram or I'm going to stop, you know, you know, just read. I'm going to stop reading these books or I'm just going to stop, you know, looking in the mirror so much, you know, so that way I won't be worried about how I look in all those cases, you're treating symptoms. But are you truly looking at the heart and looking to see what's really going on on the inside of you? What's really going going on on the inside of the person in you so that you can actually see what's really going on? See, you know, what, why are these things taking place? What's really going on in those spaces that causes us to feel like, oh my goodness, I just got to post. I just got to put another picture up of me looking like this or feeling like this. Hey, take take a thousand pictures of me so that way I can select the best one to post online so that way I can get the most likes. You know, make sure that, um, you know, I got to make this money because I'm tired of living in poverty. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to sell my body and, and do what I do, do whatever I need to do in order to make this money because I really, really want money and I really want to buy nice things and I really want to get out of this and I really want to get out of that or you know, I, I, I really, I really, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, gossip on this person because I've got some really juicy information and I just really want to tell somebody about what it is that I just found out. I just really got to, I got to be in the, I got to be the person that's able to reveal what this, this information that I just received. I got to tell somebody about what it is that I really know. On repeat, we see symptom after symptom after symptom. If I just stop doing this thing, then I will be all right. But we never deal with the issue of the heart. So what Kyle Ottoman suggests to us as we're asking God to search our hearts, as it says again in in Psalm 139, we're asking God to search our hearts. He poses these questions to us to ask the question, what is it that we, what is it that we're truly seeking after and what gods are at war in our hearts? The, um, The first question he asked is, what disappoints you? Whenever you're feeling disappointed about something, it's an indicator of something that may have a pull on your heart. So what is it that disappoints you? And anytime that you're disappointed, you get to a place where you're kind of pushing God to the side and you're allowing the disappointment to overtake you. You're allowing the disappointment to overrule you, allowing the disappointment to kind of take over how you think and how you feel about yourself and how you act. And more importantly, how you feel about God and how you're acting toward him. When you, it says, if you identify your greatest disappointments, where would you point? The realm of your career, the lives of your children, your marriage or your sex life. Erwin Lutzer writes, quote, have you ever thought that our disappointments are God's way of reminding us that there are idols in our lives that must be dealt with? The next question we can ask is, what do you complain about the most? What is it about your life that you are always complaining about? You're always saying something about. 
You're always having some type of issue about. You're always having some type of problem about. You know, what is it that you that you would you're always thinking about? It's always on your mind. You always, every time you talk to somebody, oh my God, this today or that today or this today. It's the same thing on repeat over and over and over and over again. Chances are that is an idol that is battling for your heart. Whatever you find that you're complaining about the most can be a thing that is battling for the for the for the throne of your heart. And so if you're constantly complaining about one thing or another, check that to see whether or not that's something that your heart is truly seeking that is something about the complaint what's underneath the complaint that your heart is truly seeking after, that that thing that you want, that you're complaining about, may be a source of peace for you. And that because you don't have peace in that area, you're constantly complaining about it. It may be that that thing that you're, that you're seeking after, which the complaint is being produced by, is what you feel like will bring your soul peace. Where do you make your financial sacrifices? Where do you make your financial sacrifices? What do you spend your money on? What are you spending so much of your hard-earned cash on? When you think about your things that are that you know that you that the things that are all around you, you know, and 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 the things that you feel like you that you just gotta have. I just I gotta have this thing. I'm not talking about something you budgeted for. You you saved your money over time, and then once you had a little some money to splurge, you went and, you went and bought what you wanted to buy. I'm talking about you're willing to spend your hard-earned cash on to where now you're worried about how you're gonna pay a bill. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? You know, how am I going to, you know, take care of the gas? How am I going to take care of the light bill? But I'm spending all the money on the Gucci bag. I'm spending the money on all the clothes. I'm spending the money on all these expensive restaurants. I'm spending money on, you know, making sure that I'm all swagged out. And so, you know, I'm so I'm spending all this cash on all these things. And yet I'm worried about how am I going to get this bill paid? How am I going to get this thing paid? How am I going to get that thing paid? If you're, if you're in that kind of situation it shows what idol is warring over your heart and what it is that your heart is truly seeking after the scripture says where your treasure is there your heart will be also what worries you what worries you and so again we ask the question you know you know what what's what do you spend a whole lot of time what do you um what are you spending your what do you what do you what are you spending your time being so anxious over? Like what worries you? What troubles you? Whatever it is that's worrying you or troubling you or giving you issues or giving you, you know, giving you such a, such anxiety, God is saying that may be an idol that is warring for the battleground of your heart. That if you're not careful, that thing may be the thing that is causing you to want to, you know, to, 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 to have such a worry and such a doubt and such a fear that it causes you not to think about God or to doubt the power of God, to doubt the presence of God, to doubt the, 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 the active force of God in your life. And so God is saying, you know, if you are worried or if you are troubled or if you are going through a tough time and your mind is so fixated on that thing, that that thing may be the thing that is warring for your heart, warring for your soul. Where is your sanctuary? What is the thing that brings you absolute peace? What is the thing that brings you absolute joy? What is the thing that brings you absolute satisfaction? It's the thing that if I have this thing, if I, have, if I go to this place, if I have this person, 
then this thing is going to bring me so much peace. It's going to bring me so much joy, going to bring me so much satisfaction. And as a result, we as the people of God have to be so careful that we are not saying to God that there's this other thing out there that brings me peace. That brings me ultimate satisfaction. It's not to say that our spouses can't make us happy or our kids can't make us happy or going on vacation can't make us happy or, you know, all these other things can't make us happy. But what God is saying to us is, are these things making you happier or bring you more joy or bring you more peace than me? Because what often is the case is if we don't have these things, if we don't have, you know, the vacation or we don't have this or we don't have that then our tendency then is for us to feel as though without this thing, I can't have joy. Without this thing, I can't have peace. Without this thing, I can't have satisfaction. And as a result, our tendency in our, um, our tendency is for us to then feel as if, you know, we don't have, we don't have joy. We don't have peace. We don't have satisfaction because we do not have this Thing. We do not have this peace. We do not have this joy because of the thing that we feel will bring us the most satisfaction. So God is saying that thing, that person, that place may be an idol that is warring for the battleground of your heart to be the thing that your heart and your mind and your soul are so fixated on that without that thing, you feel like you're miserable on the inside. What infuriates you? What makes you upset? What makes you frustrated? What makes you, what burns you up on the inside? That thing has the potential to be an idol as well. The desire to be right, the desire to be, you know, to, to be the man, the desire to be the one who knows everything, who knows more than this and knows more than that. And, you know, when someone bows up against us, we just have to prove them wrong, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally, or whatever the case is. We have to be ever so careful that we are not putting ourselves in a place that we are not um, turning things into an idol, that we're not turning things into a God, that we're not turning those things, that we're not turning our desire and our pride to be idolatrous in the name of the Lord. And so again, we have to be ever so careful that we're not, you know, causing people um, to feel as if we have to be, you know, a certain way or do a certain thing in an attempt to try to, you know, have this thing be the thing that brings us satisfaction. Again, we have to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we're not putting ourselves in a place or putting ourselves in a position where we feel as if this thing is um is the thing that's going to bring us joy that proving someone wrong or you know trying to bow up on someone or trying to fight somebody is the thing that's going to bring us satisfaction is the thing that's going to bring us joy is the thing that's going to bring us peace we have to be so careful so careful that we're not putting ourselves in that position or putting ourselves in that place where we feel as if that thing is the thing that's going to bring us joy lastly he says what are your dreams? What is the thing that you are so fixated on being, doing, becoming that you are your active pursuit of it can get in the way of God? Your active pursuit of being this or your active pursuit of being that has the potential to put God on the back seat, to put God on the back burner. Or further, you know, to I want to be this thing and God, you're going to be the one that's going to deliver me to what I want to be. We got to be ever so careful that we're not even allowing the dreams that we have about ourselves to get in the way of God. 
because tend our tendency is again to put the, the, to put that thing in front of God and to say this is the thing that I'm looking for. This is the thing that's going to make me happy. This is the thing that's going to give me peace. This is the thing that's going to bring me joy. And God is saying that thing has the potential to be a God that is warring in the battleground of your heart. So, what are we saying? What are we saying? Go back to um, Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way of, in the way everlasting. Again, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God is saying to us today that we have an opportunity to allow him to look inside of our hearts and to look inside of our souls and, and see what areas in our lives we really haven't given to him. To see how we can deepen our relationship with God as it pertains to the things that tend to pull us and drive us away from him and toward those things. Our heart's posture and our heart's tendency is to be pulled, be pulled in other directions, be pulled to want to do other things that are not like him, to do things that are not of him. And as a result, we have to be ever so careful that we're guarding our hearts every day, that we are looking to see what's pulling us, what's causing us to fall out of line with God. What is it that we feel like we absolutely have to have in order to be at peace today? That's not him. Because again, sometimes we can feel like, we can feel like, you know, God is not enough. We can sometimes feel like, God, I love you. I know you're there. But right now I need something in order to make me feel better right now. And that thing isn't you. Can we again? Can we call a spade a spade? This Christian walk is not easy, and those idols that that are warring for our hearts, they don't play fair. We will sometimes be placed in situations much like how Christ was put was led into the wilderness by God, you know, to be tempted of the devil. Sometimes we will be put in those situations, and in those situations, the temptation to fall for something else to satisfy the longings of the soul, it will it will show up. And it'll show up in ways that we never could have anticipated. It'll show up in a way that we never saw coming. And it can blindside us so badly that we find ourselves saying, saying subliminally and subconsciously, man, God, I love you, but I really want this thing over here. I really, really love you, God. I really, really love you. I really have a desire for you. I really, you know, I want to, I, I long to be, to, to, to be in your presence and your will, but there's just, I, I'm just tired, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, and I just really, really think this thing over here will bring me satisfaction, will bring me joy, will bring me peace, and what, and what, and, and, um, and, and um, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Pastor Eric Mason said it like this, sin always overpromises and under delivers. It always over promises and under delivers. 
We may feel good in the moment. No doubt about it. I'm not going to sit here and lie. It might feel good in the moment, but the devastating consequences of the soul are so heavy that it makes sin not worth it. It makes sin not worth it. And so again, we, the people of God, have to be ever so careful that when we're in that that as we are examining our hearts and examining our souls, examining, you know, where everything is flowing from, asking the question, what has the draw and the pull on my life? What has the power and what has the potential to pull me in such a way to where I will put I will put God on the I will put God on the back burner. I'll put God back on the cross. I'll put Jesus back on the cross so that I can have that so I can have this thing. I will I will gladly put God back on the cross so that I can have the thing that I really want. Because again, at the end of the day, anything that is outside of the will of God is sin. And even a good thing can turn into a God thing if we're not careful. And so we, as the people of God, we, we use this opportunity. Excuse me. Ooh, that came out me wrong. Uh, we have to be careful and use this opportunity to examine our hearts. Excuse me. As it says again, and this is the book that we're coming from, God's at War. We have to ask ourselves the question, what is it? What is it that I am seeking after? What is it that I desire? What is it that I am looking for, looking at, that causes me to fall out of line with God? Something's there. And all of us have something that has the potential to cause us to walk out of line with God. So we have to actively search our hearts every single day and ask God to help us in the time of need to help us to see where the pitfalls are, see where, you know, what, it, what God it is that is warring for our hearts. Because again, at the end of the day, we won't, we won't be sinless until Christ comes back. And so all of us will be walking this journey every single day. And at any given moment, any of these idols can spring up in our hearts. The idol of pride, the idol of, um, of wanting a relationship, the idol of wanting fame, the idol of wanting money, the idol of wanting peace, the idol of wanting, you know, a better version of ourselves, the idol of wanting sex, the idol of wanting food, the idol of wanting to be entertained. All of these good things that God has given us can easily turn into God things. And if they turn into God things, we are saying to God, God, I'm taking you off the throne and I'm putting something or someone else on it. And so again, I say all that to say to us today, may God continue to help us to search our hearts. May God continue to purge us of anything that's not like him so that we can have the ability to be able to worship him in spirit and truth and be able to worship him in such a way to where he is not just the, 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 the first of, but he is the only we said this yesterday. God doesn't desire to be um to be, the, be to be first of many. He desires to be the only one that we worship, the only one that we serve, the only one that we obey. He doesn't wish to be he's not a hierarchy. 
where he's one and then the other things come down the list. No, he is the list. He's not a he's not he's not the the head of the board members. He is the board. He's not the top of the organizational chart. He is the organization. And in our desire is for God to be the supremacy of all. And in that, we ask God to actively search our hearts in such a way to where we are then able to desire him. And in desiring him, push those idols to the side so that we can grow to be more and more like him each and every day. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you all so much for the 1,400 likes that we've received today. Thank you for every like, every follow, every comment, every share. Uh, we're certainly grateful for those who, have, um, who are brand new to the show that are coming on and, and watching the show right now. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to see um, our, any of our past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and go and um and, and enjoy um any of our past episodes um at your leisure um if you do decide to give any gifts to this ministry know that no gift is going to me it's all going straight to the ministry and i um, mean i'll be talking in just a little bit about a, a special campaign that we're doing this week for our girl ashe um and so i'll talk to you all about that in just a few minutes um but any gift that you did do give will be going toward that campaign on this week and so again we just thank y'all so much for watching and we'll be right back in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I'm really grateful for the 1,500 likes that we've received thus far. Keep those likes coming so that way we can keep the algorithm um, in check and um, getting this gospel message to as many people as possible on this morning. Um, 
Um, on our What Would Jesus Say segment today, we're going to be talking about Mike Johnson, the new Republican House Speaker um, out of Louisiana on today, um, and talking about, um, you know, just some, some random thoughts that I have about that in light of our government system that seems to continue to just go all over the place. Um, Republicans elected a new Speaker of the House on last Wednesday in Representative Mike Johnson, ending 22 days of a paralyzed chamber after a group of rebels overthrew Representative Kevin McCarthy. Johnson was nominated Tuesday after three previous nominees flamed out. He unified the fractious Republican conference, winning votes from white-winged detractors of McCarthy, um, as well as centrist Republicans who opposed Representative Jim Jordan. The little-known congressman was first elected in 2016, representing a solidly Republican part of North and Western Louisiana. He has ascended through the ranks, chairing the Conservative Republican Study Committee and holding the position of House Republicans Conference Vice Chair. He sits on the Judiciary Committee, the Armed Services Committee, and the newly created Select Committee on weaponizing the weaponization of the federal government. Um, there are five roles that he, that's five things to know about Johnson according to this script. Um, he had a role in promoting the 2020 election denial. Um, he's a constitutional lawyer who has used his talents to craft some creative and controversial theories. The most notable is his role in devising an ar argument aimed at keeping Donald Trump in power even though he lost the 2020 election. Um, he said, in every election in, in American history, there is some small element of fraud irregularity. But when you have it on a broad scale, when you have a software system that is used all around the country that is suspect because it came from Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, when you have testimonials of people like this, that like this, but in large numbers, it begs to be litigated and investigated. Um... On Tuesday night after he was um, nominated, Johnson declined to respond to a question about his role in the election objections, which actually what happened is he, uh, the person that asked the question got booed by the people that wanted him so badly in office that they basically shot him down. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, to his solidly conservative voting record, um, Johnson's voting record has earned him a lifetime rating of 92% from the American Conservative Union and a 90% um, from Heritage Action. In Biden's first two years, Johnson voted against a slew of bipartisan bills, including one to establish a January 6th Independent Commission, the Infrastructure Law, Reauthorization of the Violence, Act, of Violence Against Women Act, a Modest New Gun Law, and the Chips in Science Act. Um, um, he has opposition to abortion and LBGTQ rights, um, which I don't have to go into detail about that. He has Trump's stamp of approval. Quote, I'm not going to make an endorsement in this race because I can never go against any of these fine and very talented men, all of whom have supported me both in mind and spirit from the very beginning of our great 2016 victory. In 2024, we will have an even bigger and more important win. My strong suggestion is to go with the leading candidate, Mike Johnson, and get it done fast. Um, and he's a relatively inexperienced um, speaker. With less than seven years under his belt, Johnson has a shorter length of service in the House than past speakers in modern history. McCarthy was in the House for 16 years before he was elected. Pelosi had 20 years. Paul Ryan was 16. John Boner had 20 years before he ascended to the top. Before the, joke, before the vote Wednesday, numerous members of Congress said they knew little about Johnson, with some Republican senators saying they had never even met him. So, um, when I see things like this happening, 
it often reminds me of just how um just how disillusioned and what's the word how how much dissonance there seems to be between Washington and the nation itself it's almost as if Washington has become a nation unto itself um maybe, maybe it's been like this since the dawn since the inception of America I don't know but it just seems like Gone are the days where, well, no, I can't, and I can't even say that. I can't even say that. When I look at our churches today, for example, when I look at our churches today, I feel like, I feel like I know, I know where God's leading me. When I look at our churches today, a lot of our churches, not all of them, but a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, I say about maybe 60, 40 splits, 60% of them. 60% of our churches nowadays are being run by pastors who are popular, but have no theology, no sound theology. They're popular, but they have no sound theology. They're very charismatic. They can they can wow a crowd. They can boost numbers. They can convince people to get to put their butts in the seats. But their theology is so far skewed that that they're 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 leading people further away from God than they are to him. Um you have a lot of people who are preaching they preach what's popular. They don't preach the full counsel of God. Right now the popular thing to talk about is haters, relationships, and depression and anxiety. And so you got a lot of preachers nowadays who that's all they post about is their last series on relationships, their last series on beating anxiety and depression, their last series on, um, you know, securing the bag. You know, that's all we hear being perpetuated through a lot of our popular pastors, preachers and teachers today, you know, and as a result of that, people are putting up pastors who will preach to what they want to hear rather than actually preaching the full counsel of God. And so if we see it happening, thank you, God, if we see it happening in our churches today, what should we expect of our government systems? Because can I call a spade a spade? This man is a puppet. I mean, it could not be clearer. It could not be clearer that, you know, this person has no business being a speaker of the house, none whatsoever. And yet for all the law, the list of reasons why not to put him up there, they put him up there anyway, so that he can be controlled and used to do whatever it is that they want to do. And it's again, and again, if they're if we're willing to do it in our churches, let me prop somebody up there. That's going to preach what I want to hear teach what I want to hear, say what I want him to say, then how much more should we expect from our government officials? People often ask, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? (coughs) And I say all the time, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm going to vote based upon how whatever whatever they do is going to benefit me, you know, benefit me and my family. So I don't vote Democrat, I don't vote Republican, I don't vote Independent. I just vote based on how that how how is this person going to best serve my needs these next four years or whatever. 
That's how I vote. Um, so I don't have a dog in either fight. Um, but I do have, I do use common sense. I would hope anyway. And it seems like common sense is just going out the window now in favor for what people want. But again, I say that in saying, I, we, I, I'm not surprised. It, it's bothersome, but I'm not surprised. Because again, if they're do, willing to do this in churches today, which again, even God himself warns, he tells us, they're going to put up people that they want for themselves. When they told Samuel, I want a king, give us a king. God was like, give them a, give them a king. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. When, God, when Jesus tells us, there are going to be some people who are going to come and say, I am the Christ. I am the chosen one. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me when you preach it. If you go to a place and you preach the word and they... Um, and they um, they battle against you what you preaching you dust you take you take the sandals and you knock the dust off your feet and you keep it pushing they're not rejecting you they're rejecting me you're gonna have people who are not going to be able to endure sound doctrine they're gonna pump up they're gonna pump up for themselves preachers that are preaching what they want to hear they're not rejecting you they're rejecting me and so by all accounts, we see this happening over and over and over and over again. So it's frustrating. That's something that stirs up in me. And that's something I probably need to take to God, take to God and be like, please don't turn this into an idol, right? But in the frustration, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't shock me. Because again, if they're doing it in the church, how much more should we expect them to do it in the world? Like what? Why should we expect? Why would she? Why would we expect? Why would we expect anything less of our government when they're doing it in our churches, when they're doing it in the very places where we're supposed to be preaching the truth, teaching the truth, living the truth? If we're willing to put people in that's going to tell us what we want to hear rather than telling us the truth, why should we expect anything less? Why, no, why should we expect anything more of our government leaders? Because they do the exact same thing. And they're not even doing it in the name of God. They're going to claim they're doing it in the name of God when they want your vote. But what they're really doing it for is for their dollars. How can I make my, pet, my, 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 my wallet fat? How can I make sure that I'm banking? How can I make sure that I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting myself and my family in the best position to succeed? And that's why, again, I say it seems like um, Washington is just a nation unto itself because they're not doing anything to benefit. They're, they're doing far less to benefit the people of America and doing far more to benefit themselves. And that's on both Democrat and Republican sides. You know, you got your outliers who are actually doing it for the people. God bless them. But the vast majority, they're in those seats for the sole purpose of setting their families up for the rest of their lives. It's called a spade a spade. How, what can I do to maximize my time here and make sure that I'm making bank and make sure that I'm putting my, my money in the right places so that way I can set me and my family up for the next nine generations? And again, if we're, if, if we're pumping, if we're putting people in position in churches that are going to tell us what we want to hear, how much more should we expect them to do the same? It's sad and it's hurtful and it's, and it's disappointing. But the fact is, this is the world that we live in. It's the world we've always lived in. And it will continue to be the world that we live in until Jesus comes back. And so 
as again I'm looking at the how the whole thing went down last Wednesday, I'm just like, who is this guy? Who 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 is this dude? And yet again, it's, it seems like let put somebody up there that's gonna, you know, march to the beat of our drum. So that way we can get what we want out of the situation. That we can pass the bills we want to pass, so that way we can do the things that we want to do. And again, in that same vein, we see it happening in our churches. Where this pastor's not preaching what we want to hear, he's preaching the truth. So let's move him out of the way and put somebody else in his place, so that way we can do what we want to do. And we don't have to feel guilty about the things that we really want to do in this life because he's not preaching about that. He's preaching what we what we want to hear, what we need him to hear. If they're willing to do that in our churches today, if we're, if, we're, if we're willing to do that in our churches today, how much more should we expect of our government leaders? And again, God said, expect this. This is exactly what's going to happen. This is exactly what we should expect. So we should be on our knees praying every single day, praying so that we can be the people, so that we can make, we can make sure that we're being watchful, that we're watching and we're recognizing and we're paying attention to what's going on in our world, as well as what's going on within our own hearts. Because again, we got to be careful that we are not falling in the same trap. Let us not be like the Pharisee who said, thank God I'm not like that person. You know, I, do, I, pay, I, pay, I pay my tithes and I pray and I do what I'm supposed to do. Let us be like the tax collector who, was, who fell down on his knees, beat his chest, had his, had his head down saying, God, forgive me a sinner. Forgive me. Because again, the same way that we look at our politicians and how they're doing their things, look at ourselves. What, ha what are we doing? What are we doing that causes us to be, you know, out of alignment with God? So we pray for them just as we pray for ourselves. They, they, some, they some dummies. I ain't go, I'm, listen, I'm going to call a spade a spade. There's some dummies in Washington right now, okay? But I, but I got to pray for them just like I'm praying for myself. God, keep us. Keep us protected. Keep us from hurt, harm, and danger. Help them to make better decisions. You know, search their consciences, search their hearts. Lord God, show them, you know, a better way, a better approach, something to try to keep us off the messes that we keep we keep seeming to put ourselves in. And our hope and expectations that they have a relationship with the Lord and they put God before themselves. That's our prayer. That's our hope. That's our expectation. But we also are mindful. We're mindful that, you know, hey, you know, just as, um, you know, Keisha Bree is saying, what about ourselves and our sins? Exactly. Exactly. Like. Are we, are we just like we, we can, we want to point the fingers at everybody else, but are we looking at ourselves? Are we, are we bowing down to God and saying, God, help me because yeah, I'm mad at them. I'm mad as fire with them. And I'm, you know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm casting godly righteous judgment, but at the same time, that same judgment I'm placed upon them is the same judgment that's being placed upon me. And I thank God for mercy. I thank God for grace. I thank God for patience because the same God that, that we're praying that's going to help that situation is the same God we needed to help us. 
The same, the same Christ that died on the cross for us is the same Christ that died on the cross for them. People often ask the question, if God was so good, why would he allow all this? Why would he allow all these bad things to happen in the world? And I said this yesterday, ripping from somebody else is not my statement. So ripping it for somebody else. But I said, if God were to get rid of all the evil in the world, he would get rid of you and me too. Because we are all born in the sin. We were all born in the sin, all born into iniquity. And if he eradicates all evil, he's got to get rid of us, which means everybody's going to hell. Every last one of us. And so we thank God that he had enough patience. Thank God that he had enough kindness. Thank God that he had enough, you know, an, enough love in his heart to say, I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold back so that my people can, can get in the kingdom through repentance and belief. Because if I just snap my fingers and do the Thanos snap, it ain't going to be like Thanos and half the population gone. All of the population going to be gone. Because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when we see evil in the world, yeah, it hurts. Watching what's happening in Israel right now, it hurts. Seeing what happened in Maine last week, it hurts. Seeing what happened in Florida on Sunday, it hurts. And yet, that same evil that we wish God would get rid of, if he gonna get rid of that, he gotta get rid of us. He gotta get rid of all of us. Because we were all born into sin. Born into iniquity. So we thank God for patience. We don't want the atrocities to happen. We don't want bad things to happen. Absolutely not. But we recognize that we live in a broken world where broken people do broken things all the time. And we too have done broken things. We, we because we're broken people. And so if we're if we're saying, God, give me mercy, give me grace, how much more should we extend that to other people? How much more should we extend it to the people in Israel? How much more should we extend it to the people in Maine? The, 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 the guy in Maine, you know, God, you know, God bless him. You know, I don't know where, the, where he going, you know, but God bless him. How much should, more should we extend it to the people in Florida? You know, and all the, the mess that happened in Florida on, on, on Sunday. Like, when, so we're saying all this to say, we got to be careful as the people of God and we and, and unbelievers too, because y'all y'all the primary ones be asking the question, but we gotta be ever so careful of what we're asking for. Because God is simply saying, I'm being patient and allowing all these things to happen because I love you. And I'm waiting on you to repent and believe. But my timer is is ticking down. And at some point my race my patience will run out. And you better hope that you are able to work while it's day for the night is coming where no man can work. And so again, we're saying all that to say, as much as my politicians get on my ever living last nerve, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for my local leaders, praying for my state leaders, praying for, you know, the people that run my, 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 my company that I work for. I'm praying for, you know, all these jokers. Because all of us need Jesus. Pray for myself. Pray for y'all. Because we all need Jesus. We all need a relationship with the Lord. We all need a closer walk with him. We all need a deeper relationship with him. And so as much as it pains us to see what's going on in the world, it pains me. I'm talking about myself. As much as it pains me to see what's going on in the world, at the end of the day, I believe in a God who said, you know, all things are working together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. 
And so even in the midst of everything that's going on, I somebody said it like this one time and it stuck with me ever since. He said, you know, we get so frustrated with our politicians when we see the gas prices going up, right? But I thank God that he gives me the money that no matter how high gas gets, I always got enough money to fill my tank up. Ain't worried about the government. If God said he's going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory and tells me to pray, give us this day our daily bread, what am I worried about? Bet. Got it. Got it. So I'm so again, you know, yeah, I wish the gas prices would go back to 99 cents. That's a, that was a great time when it was back at 74 and 84 cents. I remember what day that was back in 1999, 2000. But at the end of the day, I'm serving a God that if gas prices go to $5, heaven forbid, please don't make that happen just because I said it. If it ever goes to $5, I'm trusting in God that he going to give me the money to fill my tank up. Because at the end of the day, this is all God's. Everything belongs to the Lord. And if God wills it for it to happen, then it must then it must happen for his good. And as a result, I can be confident that he's going to give me whatever I need to do whatever I need to do to, so that his will can be done. And so again, I pray for our Washington leaders. I wish that they would get their act together. I wish they would start doing things that make sense as a nation. But at the end of the day, I can't rely on them and make them a God as if to say, you know, if the Republicans were in power, we'd be doing this. Or if the Democrats had more of this, we'd be doing this. I may have those kinds of thoughts every now and then, but at the end of the day, God reigns. I'm going to actively be a part of my political process as much as I can be. But at the end of the day, God reigns. No matter who is sitting in the seat of power, my God sits on the throne. So I'm not, I'm not worried about what's happening in Washington. I'm not worried about what's happening in my state and local things as if to say those things are the reasons why this world is so busted up. No, this world busted up because of sin. It is, that, that's just a manifestation of it. But it's busted up because of sin. And so as long as I can believe within my heart that God still reigns on the throne, then I can trust that even then they put this dummy in power to be the speaker of the house, to be the speaker of the house, I can trust and believe that God still reigns on the throne and that he can only do at the end of the day. Okay, God, you are so good. At the end of the day, that man can only do what God allows him to do. So whatever God allows him to do, it's because God is allowing it to happen so that his purpose can be brought into this world. So whatever it is that God's going to put, God has that man in that seat for, to God be the glory. And I'm not going, and I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated. Like I said, I'm still going to be frustrated about it, but I'm not going to let that frustration dictate me to the point where I'm acting out of character and out of pocket. Because at the end of the day, God, God will only allow him to do so much will only allow him to do so much and so we thank god at the end of the day that whoever he has at the head the, um whoever he has sitting on the throne you know that is who what whoever he has sitting in the seat of power i'm sorry that's who he has sitting in the seat of power for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Keisha, if you're still online, I, I really want to talk to you. 
Um, I really want to talk to you. Um, and so if you have an opportunity to hit me up in the DMs, by all means, please, please, please hit me up in the DMs. I really want to have a conversation with you um, soon. Um, but thank you so much again for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. Thank you for the 2,600 likes that we have so far on this show. Uh, thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, and every share. Um, if you have missed any part of this message or want to listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and um, subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from our beginning up to now. I thank you all so much, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 2,800 likes that we've received thus far and hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. In our sanctification session for today, we're going to be talking about um, a statement that Ashe in our, in our interview with her said that really stuck out to me. She said, that she that she said and I'm paraphrasing her that she has to be careful what she posts online because she doesn't want to post something that's validating negative feelings um that she didn't want to post something that allows her to validate someone else's negative feelings and it was such a profound statement to me because for a lot of us you know when we do our postings online when we when we share our thoughts to the masses, um, a lot of us don't necessarily think about the lasting impact of what our thoughts and what our words will have on the world. Um, a lot of us, um, you know, when we do our postings and listen, as a disclaimer, 
because this is because listen, this this me. I'm talking right. You can do whatever you want to do with your platform. Okay, so again, do what you want to do. I am not on here saying don't do what you want to do with your platform. You do what you want to do with your platform. I'm choosing to leverage my platform for the glory of God to try to get the gospel to as many people as possible. That is that is my desire. And so everything that I do here is all in an attempt to leverage what what little clout that I have, you know, to try to get the gospel to as many people as possible. You know, God said to me, um no, God said to my grandfather a long time ago and it just clicked, you know, I think last last night this morning that you know, God said you're going to be you're going to preach to like 2000 you have a, a church of 2000 people and it just clicked to me yesterday that you know I kind of have that now where every day I'm reaching about 4500 5000 people on this platform just by giving the gospel um and, and, and again and, and with this platform that I have just leveraging this this platform to give the gospel of Jesus Christ I'm reaching 5000 people just about every day I thank God for that you know, I didn't, I did not think that this was what God was wanting for me in my life, but it is what it is. And so I leverage this platform so that God gives us the ability to be able to share the gospel as many people as we want. But you use your platform for what you want to use it for. You know, you got people who live their lives to troll, you know, and so they'll find folk like us and all they want to do is troll, 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 right? And so they, that's what they live their lives to do that. I'm not going to tell you what to do, especially here on the True Gospel Morning Show. All I ask for all the trolls that are out there who have purposed their lives to troll, just keep it classy. When you start talking out of pocket, I'm going to have to hit that mute button. So, uh, so again, I'm not telling you not to do what you do because you get this. I, I recognize we open this platform up for it. But all I ask is that you just keep it classy. You start talking out of pocket, we're going to hit that mute button, and you you keep being unclassy for a few times, we're going to hit that block button, and you ain't going to be able to see the True Gospel Morning Show no more. You're going to have to go on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and go listen to it on there at your leisure. Nevertheless, you do what you do with your platform. You do what you do. You, you, I'm, no, no, I ain't stopping nobody from doing what they do. And we need to consider that what we're saying to people and how we're using our platforms influence, literally influence the way that people think, the way that people feel, and the way that people act. If you think about the, if you think about the algorithms, on TikTok's algorithm, you know, Facebook's algorithm, um, um, you know, all these other, all the platforms and their algorithms, they tailor people's experience to what they're wanting at that time and even though we can use this platform and others like it to cathart to you know get our thoughts out into the open space to have some space where we feel like someone's listening to us or just be able to get our thoughts out into the landscape of the world someone can take that thought someone can take that feeling and it resonate with them so well that now they're running on their feelings rather than running to their faith. R running on feelings rather than running on faith. And so she said of she said of a very good warning for us as creators, as content creators, and as content consumers. 
we got to be careful that we're not tailoring our algorithms to match our feelings. Because if we allow the algorithms to match our feelings, then we'll get stuck in an echo chamber of our feelings. Just as an example, all men are dogs. All women are are H-O-E-S. We can get stuck in an echo chamber. Some guy broke our heart, some girl did us dirty. And now we're trying to scroll to distract and we're listening to message after message after message that perpetuates the feeling that we have and it resonates with us. So now we start to believe in our hearts all men are trash. All women are gold diggers. And as a result of that, now we won't give anybody a chance. Won't even give ourselves a chance at, at, at being at being with somebody. You know, I got to secure that bag. I got to secure that bag. So now I'm looking through the algorithm. I'm looking through the algorithm and trying to see. You know, oh, yeah, see, that's how I secure the bag. That's how I secure the bag. That's how I got to secure the bag. That's how I got to secure the bag. That's how I got to secure the bag. And so on repeat, we're looking and seeing, how can I secure the bag? And now my thought process is, I got to secure that bag. We look at constant um, um, uh, 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 our, our artists like Sexy Red and Lotto and Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, and you're constantly, you know, scantily clad. You know, we can basically see ain't nothing left to the imagination at all. And we can start to think, this is the life. If I, if I, if I want to be famous, if I want to be known, if I want to be heard, I need to build a platform based off my sexuality. I need to go, I need to build an OnlyFans page. I need to build a TikTok page. I need to build all these different things so that I can be known, so that I can be seen, that I can, you know, be um, notarized for something. And then I can make a trash song, but because I already have a following, I can end up becoming famous overnight. I said this to um to Ashe last week. Like, how is it that Sexy Red is now one of the number one artists? And she ain't talking about nothing. Ain't talking about a thing. But then when I look at SZA, when I look at, um, when I look at, uh, um, well, not something, uh, she's not really an example, uh, uh, she's not the best example, but I mean, but even Beyonce and all of them, this is the game that's playing. Chloe Bailey, this is the game that they're playing in an attempt to get the likes, to get the money, to get the dollars, to get all that stuff. And we, the consumers, We'll get stuck in an echo chamber and think that's the life. That's the life. And so again, she, when 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 Ashe said, we got to be careful that we're not posting, so so that someone else's feels that we got to be careful that we're not posting things as content creators, so that people can then use those things to validate their own feelings. It's a very true. It's a very true statement. It's something we need to be watchful of. I'm not suggesting, I'm not saying that you can't post your stuff. Post, do what you do. It's a free world, you do what you do. But as the believers in God, okay, and let me make sure I, make sure I preference this the way, that, the way that I'm trying to say it. I'm not saying that as a Christian, that everything you do gotta be Bible verses. I'm not saying that everything that you do has to be, um you know, has to be, you know, devotionals, 
You know, Keisha Bree, for example, I love her, how she analyzes the world. Like, she has this insane ability to look into the world and then bring it back and be like, listen, why are we as the believers thinking like this? Why is we as people thinking like this? Like, you know, she just has this insane ability to be able to look into the world and be able to analyze it and say, this ain't right. This, this ain't good. And I challenge anyone to tell me otherwise. And we, and we, and, and so your content doesn't have to necessarily be Bible verses. It doesn't have to be content like what I put out there. It can be what you want it to be. No, Keisha, for real. That's why I said, I, I want to, we need to talk for real. Cause you, your, your, your analysis of the world blows my mind. And I love, I love your content. Um, but again, we don't have, you don't have to do it like you see other people do it. You can do it the way God has put you to do it. So be honest, be open, but just be mindful. Just be mindful that people are watching us. Like it's it's real. I I never again. I get four four thousand people watching me every day, even if it's for ten seconds. I never would have anticipated that. And I thank God for it. Having thirty three people consistently watching me right now, never in a million years thought that was gonna happen. So I'm grateful, and with great power comes great responsibility. So I'm so I'm mindful to you know just to not talk my feelings, but to talk faith. And we as the people of God got to be ever so careful, ever so mindful that we're not putting ourselves in a position where, as best as we can help it, because again, people are gonna be people. But as best as we can help it, we're not being we're not influencing people to stay stuck, bound and chained to their sins chained to their feelings, chained to things that are keeping them from being able to reach their potential, to reach their destinies, to reach where God wants them to be. We got to be careful that we're not influencing that. Now, as I said, as not well, as I say, but as the gospel says, and I'm going and I'm coming out of 2 Corinthians chapter, I think it's in chapter 4. Um no, chapter 2. I'm sorry, chapter 2. Um Chapter 2, verse 15. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. God is telling us that we are going to be a fragrance. Whatever we post as believers, people are not going to like what we have to say. America, American slave right now is coming out the woodwork, saying this, saying this right now, you know, that, you know, and, and as a result of that, we have to be ever so careful and, and mindful that we, we have the ability to say the truth and everybody ain't going to, everybody ain't going to receive it. Everybody's not going to receive it. You're going to have some people going to love it. Some people who going to hate it. But you got to know that this is what God is calling you to say. What call what God is calling you to do. And in doing it, do it in a way that glorifies him. Again, don't get on the platform and just post things because you know it's going to get you likes. It's going to get you it's going to get you you going to get the algorithm to make you popular. Going to get your money, you know. We the people of God have to be ever so careful.
that we are not putting ourselves in a position where we are trying to influence people by saying the popular thing. Again, be honest, be open, be vulnerable. We need that in the world. More so than in any other generation, we need honesty. We need vulnerability. We need people to tell us the truth. But at the end of the day, don't, don't use your platform to just say the popular thing in an attempt to be known, in an attempt to be seen, in an attempt to be liked. Say what you need to say for the glory of God and let God do that work. Let God do that work. <clears throat> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, we have to be careful as influencers, as influencers, that we are doing our best to influence people to move in the right direction, to move toward the face of God, to record, to call out sin when we see it, and to not be fooled into believing that we shouldn't speak out against it. We have to be careful that we're not preaching or teaching our feelings. Preaching or teaching our feelings. There was a church that wanted to, wanted me to pastor them. And at that time, I had just gotten out of another church that had done me, I'm talking about, they dogged me and my wife out so bad. It was horrendous the way that we got treated. And as I'm at this church, I'm, you know, preaching, you know, they, they calling me up and they want me to, you know, be the pastor. And, you know, we're trying to do the trial and all that type of stuff, do the little kind of probation thing. And I, and my heart just wasn't there. My heart wasn't there. And I had to do a reality check. I had to say, I can't lead these people right now. I, I can't lead them. I'm not in a good place where even I want to follow God right now. I can't preach to these people telling them to follow God and I'm not following God the way that I ought to be. I could have sat in that pulpit and preached my feelings all day, every day. Haters and they thought they had me down, but look at God. He put me in another platform, blah, 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 blah. Like I've seen so many other pastors do in the past. As I've seen so many other pastors do in the past. Well, yeah, this one church, they, they were hating on me and da 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 but look at God. He put me in a better position. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrow. Blah, 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 blah. I could have done all of that. But again, had I done that, I would have been preaching my feelings, would not have been preaching the whole counsel of God, and as a result, would have been leading them further astray. You got a lot of people on these platforms that are doing the same thing. You got a lot of people on this platform that are preaching and teaching and soliciting their feelings. They're not preaching the full counsel of God. You can't explain, you, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, give them the full counsel of God because you're too stuck in your feelings. And so as a result, we, the people of God, have to be ever so careful that we're not preaching our feelings. We're not teaching our feelings. But rather, we're teaching the counsel of God. We are teaching the counsel of God. For at the end of the day, it is not our responsibility to save anybody, but it is our responsibility to tell people the truth. And if we don't, and if we don't tell them the truth, God says that that blood will be required on our hands. So what are you using your platform for? What are you using your influence for?
because all, all of us are up here posting videos, posting, you know, clips, um, posting comments in the comment section. How are you using your platform? That's why I tell anybody like Beluga on here today, if you are not a believer in God, this is all I have to say to you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. Because unless and until you have a relationship with the Lord, you will never understand anything that I'm saying. But God loves you and wants a relationship with you. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. To anyone who, on the sound of my voice, doesn't want anything to do with God, is so frustrated with God, wants nothing to do with God, thinks we're dumb for having something to do with God, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And so when you're ready to have a real conversation about who God is and what he's about and what he desires of you and how much he loves and cares for you, holla at your boy. But until then, anything that you have to say, I'll may, I may put it in a question and you got to come back to the show on a later date to see if I answer your question. But at the end of the day, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And that's all that I have to say for anyone who doesn't have a relationship with God. Because again, at the end of the day, I can't make you see what I see. That's God's work. Not my work. The things that we know of God, they've been revealed to us by God. I can't make you see. But I can use my platform to put out there the things that God is showing me, the things that God is ministering to me, the things that God is doing in my life, the way that he's blowing my mind, in hopes that if you see my stuff, maybe then you will create an echo chamber of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he has done for you. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful for the 3,300 likes that we've gotten so far. Thank y'all so, so much. We appreciate y'all. Keep those likes coming. Keep them coming. So that way the algorithm can know um, that we're doing some good stuff over here. And we want everybody to be able to watch it. If you missed any part of this message or would like to look at past episodes of um, the True Gospel Morning Show, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and look up the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and subscribe so that way you can get updates to every episode that we have and listen to past episodes from the beginning of our show up to now. We thank y'all so, so much uh, for watching, and we'll be right back in just a moment.
Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, thank you so much to Queen Nicole for being on the live with me. Love you and hope you have a great day in your school on today. Um, the question was asked in the chat last week, is smoking a sin? Um, and as a backdrop to answer this question, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. The question, um, is smoking a sin, is asking the question in the wrong direction. Um, again, it is a symptom and not a, and not a bigger problem. The question you have to ask yourself is, what are you smoking for? Why are you smoking? In, in how is smoking glorifying God? It's, it's that simple. Anything that we do in this world, we have to ask the question from the posture, how is what I'm doing glorifying God? So when you smoke, how is it glorifying God? When you, when you put a cigarette in your mouth, when you put weed in your mouth, how is it glorifying God? Because the same way that smoking is bad for you, overeating is bad for you. Um, uh, uh, promiscuous sex is bad. You know, whether it be heterosexual or homosexual, it's bad if it's outside of the confines of marriage. Um, and so, um, extramarital, that's bad, you know. So how is it, how is what you're doing glorifying God? Drinking can be, can be, can be sinful, how is it glorifying God? And furthermore, you got to ask the question, what is this doing for me? Why am I smoking? Am I smoking because I need, a, I need to, I need, a, um, you know, I need to, you know, um, relieve stress. Am I doing it because, you know, it relaxes me? Am I doing it to numb pain away? Am I doing it because, you know, I'm trying to forget about the day or trying to take a break from the, from the throes of this life? All those things are things that God said, I can be your peace. I can be your joy. How often do we say the, the, the how often have we said the phrase, God, I need a drink tonight. And God's like, why? Why do you need a drink tonight? Like, shouldn't I be? what the drink is doing for you. There's nothing wrong with drinking, right? Like you can 
drink, drink wine. You can even have, you know, little mixed drinks or a shot or something. But what are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? Are you doing it because, oh my, I had such a hard day today. I just need something to numb me out. God is saying, be sober minded. You know, in a sense that don't numb your feelings out because all you're doing is suppressing what you need to get out of you. So that way you can be at peace. God should be our peace, not the drink. God should be our peace, not the smoke. God should be our peace, not the sex. God should be our peace, not the Netflix. God should be our peace, not the not the drugs. God should be our peace, not the vacation. God is supposed to be our peace. Again, we can stick, yeah, right, exactly, Keisha, because again, after all is said and done, you done did the drink, you done did the party, you done did the, 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 the alcohol, you done did the sex, you done did whatever it is you did, the binge watching, whatever it is you did, the problem didn't go nowhere. We are to take our burdens to the Lord and cast our cares upon Christ and Christ will give us rest. Christ will give us rest for our souls. Not the drinking, not the sex, not the smoke, not the not the smoking, not the not the um not the binge watching, not the vacation. All of those things can be enjoyed in a way that glorifies God. But we have to find a way to do those things that are glorifying to God. How do I enjoy vacation in a way that glorifies God? How do I enjoy watching, you know, five hours of TV in a way that glorifies God? How do I enjoy sexuality in a way that glorifies God? How do I enjoy alcohol in a way that glorifies God? I'm not saying be a hermit. I'm not saying just sit and do nothing. I'm saying God has given us an entire world to enjoy, but he's also given us boundaries. And those boundaries are there so that we can flourish, enjoying the things that God has given us in a way that glorifies him. If glorifying him is our deepest delight, then I would dare not enjoy a thing. Talking about what we talked about this morning, God's at war. Um, make sure I flip this thing around real quick. Like I said, oh, nope, not what I meant to do. God's at war. That book right there. None of the things that we have in this world were ever meant to supplant the throne of God. And so we, the believers in God, have to be ever so careful that we don't take the good things that he's given us and worship them. So again, if we're running to the bottle to numb pain away or to numb a hard day away, if we're running to smoking as a way of calming our nerves, if we're turning to Netflix to to dis to, to dissociate from the life that we're that we're living right now, if we're not careful, that thing will be the thing that we worship in an attempt to feel peace in our souls. God is saying, "I am the peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard your heart through Christ Jesus." It's me. I am your peace. So, is smoking a sin? It can be. Again, I don't condone it. I prefer, prefer, I prefer to keep my lungs clean and clear. So I don't condone it. You know, I don't think putting smoke inside of our lungs is going, you know, make us, that doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. 
you know. So I I wouldn't do it. But is it a sin? Only if we're you. It's all a matter of what we're doing it for. What are you doing it for? If we're not careful, we will end up doing that thing and it can do far greater harm to us. Just because it's lawful. Paul said it right. <laughs> Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So you can do it, but is it edifying your soul? Is it satisfying your soul? Simple example, exercise. Exercise is a good thing. It's something that we all should do. It's something that we should do regularly to make sure that our bodies are healthy. But, but exercise can become a god. Where you got people who live their entire lives to make sure their bodies are healthy. Make sure their bodies are healthy. At all costs. For whatever reason, they think that being healthy is what's going to give them peace. Some of them are taking it so far as they want to be healthy so they can be liked on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. So they make gym videos in an attempt to get the likes. Y'all know who they are. The dudes got the six pack abs and they just want to rock chest and you know, show off everything and you know and you got the girls who will sit who purposefully make videos with their booties and they show and they, they crop tops and all that type of stuff with everything showing catching attitudes with people walking through their tapes because dude I'm trying to get to my exercise machine I don't care about your tape get catch a whole attitudes oh my god you walk through my tape again Exercise has become an idol. Being seen has become an idol. Making a video has become an idol. Exercise in and of itself ain't a bad thing. What are you doing it for? How is what you're doing glorifying God? And again, if y'all come back tomorrow morning, we're still doing our series in God's at War. It starts our it starts our starts our um our mornings off at 6 a.m. That's all we're talking about. How are we turning good things into gods? How are we turning good things into idols? Again, smoking, I I personally, I like my lungs. And so I don't really ascribe to the smoking thing. But if you are going to smoke, how is it glorifying God? Because again, if you're going to drink, how is it glorifying God? If you if you go if you go have sex, how is your sex going to glorify God? Because at the end of the day, it's all about God and Him getting the glory. If He's not going to be glorified in what you do, then I, then I suggest not do it because it's not glorifying Him. And at the end of the day, He is what matters. It's not about us. It's about Him. How is God being glorified? How is God being magnified? in what you do if, if if you if you can find a way to smoke that in a way that glorifies god to god be the glory go get your smoke on but again how is it glorifying god if you can drink in a way that glorifies god get your drink on but do so in a way that glorifies and honors god if you if you if you gonna have sex if, if that's what you gotta have do it in a way that glorifies god go go get married you know, you know, it's between man and woman. 
Go get married, get a covenantal relationship, then have all the sex you want. Just do it in a way that glorifies God. In in the in the way in the in the boundaries that he set. If you go, you know, watch mindless TV for a few hours, do it in a way that glorifies God. That's all he's saying. All these are gray areas. And the gray area is such to where all he says is, How are you going to glorify me? If you're gonna go to the party, go to the club or whatever, how is going to the club going to glorify God? And go have fun. Go do what you do. You want to go to the movies? Go to the movies and glorify God while you got while you going to the movies. You want to go hang out at the mall? Go hang out in the mall in a way that glorifies God. God knows your heart. God knows what you're doing it for. And so you got to know, how is what I'm doing going to honor and glorify the God that I worship? Because at the end of the day, it don't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what any of us think. The only opinion that matters is God's. But that's a pretty big freaking deal. His opinion is the one that matters. And so if you're doing things that don't glorify him, that don't honor him, that don't bring him, that don't bring him glory, honor, and praise, then you got to check that. Well, God says he forgives 70 times 7 a day. That don't mean take advantage of it. That don't mean cheapen it. Even Paul himself said in Romans chapter 6, do we sin that grace may abound? No, we don't do it like that. He said it in um he said it in um Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized in with death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. No, so, so, if, so, if, so we can't just go on sinning just because God's grace abounds. That nullifies what Christ did on the cross. I can just do what I want to do because God forgives. No, it don't work like that. If God has truly transformed your heart, he's giving you his heart and his heart is causing you to walk in his precepts, causing you to walk in his ways. As such, at the very least, you should be conflicted. Thank you, God. Some people sometimes ask the question, how do you know that you're a believer? Because sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll say yes to God, but then we don't really know if we really say yes to him. And I'll say to them, especially as a new believer, at the very minimum... At the very minimum, if you decide to go about doing what you want to do, there should at the very least be some conflict. Having premarital sex should not feel the same. Like, yeah, your body got rocked, but your soul is just really like, uh-uh, this ain't, this ain't satisfying me the way that it used to. You go to the bar and you, you down and drinks and something in your soul just say, this ain't, this ain't really doing it for me like it used to. Like you're climbing the ladder of success, but your heart just feels so empty on the inside. Like this ain't really giving me the satisfaction that it used to. You're watching your Netflix and you're watching your Hulus and you're watching whatever it is on there. And you're just like, this ain't really doing it for me like it used to. Like there should be some conflict there. There should be some tension there. There should be a war going on 
between the flesh and the spirit. That's how you know that you are a believer. There should be some conflict where it's like, I don't really think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, it don't feel the same. Like I said, it, it, we in the nest. Sex feels good. At least it's supposed to. But there's something about when it ain't godly that it should conflict in the soul. Like this just ain't, the math ain't mathing like it used to. And that's the Holy Spirit lovingly leading us into the perfect peace and the perfect will of God. Say it, that says, if you're going to do it, do it in a way that glorifies me. And I'm not going to let your soul rest doing it your way. You know, again, you can you can have you can have a drink. Listen, G, what was Jesus? It's funny, but it's true. What was Jesus' first miracle? Turning water into wine. So you can have a drink. You can have two drinks, but drink in a way that honors God. That's all. That's all. So if you're downing and losing your cotton picking mind and you know and plastered all over the place, that's not honoring God. That's not honoring Him. But he ain't saying you can't, you can't, you know, knock down a few of them and have a good time in a way that glorifies and honors God. That's all. And so, again, you should be conflicted. Like, I don't think I should be doing it this much. I don't, I just ain't, it ain't, it ain't something sit with me. Can, can I, can I get you another one? No, you know what? I think I'm good. I think, I think I had three. I'm, I think I'm good. I I think I'm straight. Like, I I think I'm gonna be all right. Like, there should be some conflict. On the inside. And so again, you know, going back to the going back to the beginning, is smoking a sin? Is God being honored by your smoking? Is God being glorified by your smoking? Is God being praised by your smoking? If you can find a way to glorify and honor God through your smoking, then to God be the glory. Because at the end of the day, it's a gray area. But you got to know. For real, for real. Is what I'm doing honoring and glorifying God? I'm not saying become a hermit. I'm not saying become a, a scab. I'm not saying to, you know, just be a knot on a log. I, I'm not, like, listen, like, I'm not telling women that y'all need to be, like, dressing like prudes. Like, be sexy. Be sexy, but be sexy in a way that glorifies and honors God. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, listen, where these all these little Christians came from? Somebody had to look good, God dog it. So I'm not saying, you know, that we got to be prudes. I'm just saying, do what you do in a way that honors and glorifies God. Check your intentions. What are you doing what you're doing for? What are you doing what you're doing for? You know, you have people who will get on their platforms and be like, I'm living my life. I'm doing what I do. I'm not doing it for the likes. I'm not doing it for the attention. You say that, and yet, are you truly honoring God by what you're doing? That's all that's all we're asking. Because at the end of the day, if what you're doing is not honoring God, then that's what makes it sinful. We said this yesterday, and I, and Asha made it very plain. I I, I I'm 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 trying to paraphrase what she said that 
our our we our the will of God should be such in our lives to where we don't want to do anything outside of it. And when we get to heaven, we're going to do exactly the will of God. That will be our heart's posture. That is what we should be doing now as the believers. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The perfect will of God should be should be etched onto our hearts. In such a way to where anything, everything that we do, we're asking God, how is what I'm going to do today going to honor and glorify you? You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, our, um, our something praiseworthy today, this is written on October, this is written on yesterday by Andy Corbley. Cervical cancer trial has been hailed as remarkable after a 35% reduced death rate using a simple intervention. Um, sometimes the best drug for a disease is one that's already on the shelf, and that was, by, that was the finding of a British cervical cancer trial that looked to see if, if a chemotherapy drug given at a specific time could increase survival rates. Indeed, it could, with a 35% reduction in mortality rate held as remarkable by Cancer Research UK, which funded the trial presented at the recent ESMO Medical Conference in Madrid. Not nearly as prevalent, prevalent as a risk as a, a risk as breast cancer, around fourteen thousand cases of cervical cancer will be diagnosed this year in the U.S. In a trial of five hundred female patients aged between twenty-six and seventy-two, the scientists randomized them into two groups that received either chemo radiation therapy alone or induction chemotherapy with a combination of the chemo drugs carboplatin and paracetamol. Following the same follow, following by the same chemo radiation therapy in week seven, quote timing is everything when you're treating cancer. A growing body of evidence is showing the value of additional rounds of chemotherapy before other treatments like surgery and radio radiotherapy in several other cancers. Not only can it reduce the chances of cancer coming back, it can be delivered quickly using drugs already available worldwide. At the end of a five-year follow-up, 80% of the women who received the combination chemotherapy, radiotherapy were still alive, and in 73% of them, the cancer had not um, returned. The conclusion of the trial was a bold one, that this combination of drugs and chemo-radiation therapy should be established as the new standard of treatment. So we thank God that's, that, that there's, there's been a breakthrough in, um, in cancer research. Like that's huge. That that's major. That's that's freaking monumental. And why it's not making more noise don't make no sense to me. But we making all the noise here on the on the, on the True Gospel Morning Show because doggone it, that's some good freaking news. That if you find yourself at risk for um for um cervical cancer, you know you may there may be a treatment available for you that has such a freaking high rate. Again, eighty five years later, eighty percent of the women still alive 73 percent of them don't have cancer come back like that is huge that is major like those are b's and c's last time i checked those are passing grades and so it's a good thing it's a very good thing and i thank god for the research i thank god that he put these to put it in these scientists hands to be like dude like let's let's try to figure this thing out let's try to figure out how to eradicate this stuff and so i thank god for this and i thank god that if anybody's suffering or struggling you know with cancer or has a high risk for cancer or has family members or friends who have suffered with cancer that 
there the help is it's coming. It's coming. It's it's a slow grind, but by the grace of God and the technology that we have, and there's some scientists out there who are given all the funding in the world to do these things, they are figuring this stuff out. And so by the grace of God, if you or someone you know is suffering with um with cancer issues and things of that nature, look to the hills which from which comes our help, because help is on the way. It, it is it is coming. And I'm grateful to God that I'm able to report it to you guys today that God is still moving. He's still moving in the medical field. And so again, to God be the glory for the doctors, for the researchers, for the for the for the um for the uh the patients that that put their lives on the line, you know, so that they can try to figure out figure out if this thing is is helpful. Um and we just thank God that somebody posted the results cuz again, at the end of the day, this is the, people oh my gosh, I know I got to go. But people are often asking the question, how can you prove that God is real? Here it is. <laughs> here's the proof. You know, like I here, here's here's some proof that God exists. Here's some proof that God is real. I thank God for this stuff. Like this is the proof that God, you know, the, the combination of whatever herbs and, 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 and resources and this and serotonins and all that type of stuff, they put it together to find a way to make it where you can live from all the radiation and stuff and go and be cancer free. Like, dude, that is such a huge deal. This is the proof. Of God's existence. I mean, we know God tells us in the word that, you know, they will know that you are my disciples by if you show love one for another. And so I know that, you know, at the end of the day, we and how we love is really the proof that God is trying to show. And it's stuff like this that reminds us that God is still in the wonder working, miracle working business. We just got to put our hands in the master's hand and let him do his wonder working power and and praise him in these moments. Because if we, because when we, because when we praise God, things like this, they, 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 they spread, they, they spread. And so we ask God to continue to use us to be the beacon of light that shines in the darkness, to let people know that God is still moving. He's still working. He's still doing his thing. If we just learn, if we just continue to trust him, obey him and love him because he first loved us. Listen, I want to thank each and every last one of y'all. For the 4,300 likes that we've received today. I want to thank everybody who's been on this live on today. I want to thank Asha for coming through. Keisha Bree, I thank you so much for coming through today, girl. You've been such a light on today. Um, I want to thank everybody else who came on today. If I don't if I don't get to your name, I'm sorry. But I thank y'all so much for being on the live on today. Um, Beluga, my new person, thank you for coming on the live and following on today. Um, I want to thank y'all for every like, every comment, every share. Um, and if you, again, aren't subscribed yet, go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show the podcast i thank y'all so so much come back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m for the next episode of the true gospel morning show and as always if you can't see the good be the good i love you guys peace out homies